All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucksters? What the fuckadelics? And that's it for today. How are you doing? How are you? Mark Marin here. It's my show. This is WTF, the podcast. Welcome. Thanks for being here. Got a couple of guests, I think, uh, today. Yeah, Phil Hendry. Going to stop by for a few minutes. And then after that, Tommy Davidson from In Living Color, as you'll recall, and the stand-up stage will be with us here in the garage to chat about this and that. God, how are we all going to recover from that Terry Gross episode? Oh, my God. That was like, that was the top of the mountain there. But uh, but we, we keep moving. We keep doing it. Today's Memorial Day. I don't know what you're up to, but I hope you're not burning yourself on a grill th- situation. Hope you're not, <laughs> hope, hope, I hope you're having a nice outing, whatever that may be. Don't get too shit-faced. Don't burn yourself in a grill situation. Don't blow up a propane tank. Try not to drive when you're all fucked up. All right, be nice to your family and, uh, you know, give give a little thanks to those who died in service of our country is really the intent of it all, isn't it? But, you know, I, I know some of you, just, just a day off. Why not get some meat out? Can I push my dates? Because I, I don't think I've told you enough that I've added dates to the marination tour. Cleveland, Ohio on June 5th at the Playhouse Square. The Vic Theater in Chicago, June 6th, and uh, a early and late show. And I will be taping my comedy special. I'll be taping an hour at the Vic in Chicago, June 6th. Both shows. Come be part of that. And then on June 7th, you can go to Minneapolis at the Pantages Theater in Minneapolis and hear me talk about how the special went. That should be a fun show. June 25th, after a little bit of a break there, you can take a vacation if you don't mind. The Capitol Theater in Port Chester, New York, June 26th. I'll be at the uh, Bam Howard Opera House in Brooklyn, New York, June 27th. The Paramount Theater, Huntington, New York, June 28th. Count Basie Theater, Red Bank, New Jersey. July 10th, Aladdin Theater in Portland, Oregon. July 11th, Revolution Hall, Portland, Oregon. July 24th, Boulder Theater, Boulder, Colorado. And July 25th, Paramount Theater, Denver, Colorado. You got that? Go to WTFPod.com dot com slash calendar and check that shit out because i'm doing it this is it this is the this is the last run for a little while probably god damn the skunk you know, it's weird with skunk you know like it smells really bad but you get used to it and then you start to think it smells good right now let's focus here the uh, show obviously this week uh thursday night 10 p.m Marin on ifc the first two episodes have been very well received this one coming up a little gnarly it's a little gnarly. I will tell you that. I wrote it. I directed it. It's called X-Pod. It's about the fiction of me having my ex-wife on my podcast. Yeah, and uh, you know, I we had we did flashbacks. So, it was it was something, man. Uh, I was happy to have Phil Hendry drop by. Phil Hendry, you might recognize uh, his voice. Uh, you might know him from the Radio Cowboy episode in the second season of Marin. He's also a, a genius on the radio, a pioneer. You can also hear his show at the relaunched philhendryshow.com. He just wanted to chat, say hi, alert the, uh, alert the world that uh, they relaunched his website. So I said, sure, come over, Phil. Come over, Phil. Let's talk. Let's talk to Phil Henry. <laughs> Phil Hendry back 
What's up? How are you, buddy? <laughs> I'm doing good. I yeah. just, like I said, I was listening to the guys next door either putting on roof or a roof or a tar or, yeah. or something. And it reminded me of my days when I used to work in construction. Uh, the guys that were the roofing guys, they use roofing tar. And I yeah. believe that there's something... Something I think, in there. I think there's like, it's like <laughs> crack or it's like meth or something that those guys just start dancing on the roof at like 10 a.m. and maybe it's the heat, man. It could have been the heat. The heat. Yeah. So our episode of Marin last year got a lot of great feedback. There was a lot of. Uh, lot Did of you talk get a lot of great feedback? Well, I got people who saw. I mean, radio folks saw it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they, but my my sense is that they thought it was kind of right on. It was totally right on. Talent thought it was right on. Right. Yeah. And <laughs> the and the management people are still, as you know, uh, they are the same. Yeah, talk about people in denial right yeah, but radio management you talk to radio management i talk to them as long as they want to talk to me and, and but i mean like about that show um, no. I, I think in passing on Twitter, we'll have a there'll be a little exchange, and uh-huh. then I'll realize one of the fa- one of the people I was talking to dropped off. You right, know? right. It's the, the management yeah, guy, the dude, GM you know? guy, the general yeah, manager, the general manager guy. I think the thing about that, and I tell people this because I said, well, Mark was in radio, so you have the experience, a little uh, bit of, of. I don't claim too much experience, but I you was had there. enough, yeah. man. You were yeah. with a, you know a company, right. and The company was bad, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and so uh, how many times do you need to have that experience? You know, like how, not every job. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's what it was for me. And I, you know, say to people that radio is 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 self-destructing and the reason is not the talent it used to be the talent 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 they always wanted to give it to us they right. want to say well if you guys did this that. no it was the it's the brain trust it's the executives it's the industry itself they have destroyed our business and right. uh, now it's not even our business i mean what is it man it's i don't like, know what it is it's embarrassing it, it, a it's little insane. bit it's embarrassing to have given 40 years of my life to what you know well to, you, you know there's a transition happening but it seems like the the, the real talent the people they're still ha- hanging on to those those morning parts and those afternoon parts—they're still plugging along. Oh yeah, well, I, I mean, just did the—I just did the Brother Weezes show. Is Weeze still uh, pulling still down some dollars? It. Is he pulling I some guess bank? He, well, they got him doing like nine hours almost. You're like, kidding? It, well, no, it's like he—I think his show goes from like six till noon. <laughs> Like he'll do four hours live and then they run the first two again. Oh, I got it. It's okay. a half a day of programming yeah. they got that old yeah. dude then doing. Four hours. Then he gets to take a nap. Then yeah. they got him back in there again live. You know that guy? I, I know of Weeds. Right? Long time Buffalo, Rochester guy. Right, right? Rochester, yeah. yeah. Long time up, upstate New York guy. Like, yeah. yeah, but he's got all those pictures on the wall of, you know, the rock days and the dudes that used to come through. And, you know, they asked him to MC one of the Woodstocks, you know, the new Woodstock. I believe, like, I believe it, man. I a, mean, those were the days, yeah. I mean, like that poster right there uh the gimme shelter you know who's who who did sonny barger call when he needed to hear have his voice heard ksan did he oh yeah yeah barger was there the next day saying you guys got this all wrong mick jagger's a scumbag my guys got set up the 60s i missed it (laughs) i missed it (laughs) phil well all i got was uh, i got the remainder Mm -hmm. you know i got the music i got the the uh you got the the stories the mythology you got the limp biscuit woodstock sure man well i didn't i didn't go to that but like like these are when i look back at my life these are my guys but i missed all the music that i'm into i i kind of missed you're into vinyl man that's i got a lot of records that's unreal a lot of records happening do you put the needle on those i do i pick it up and i put the needle right on there and you do that because of i like the experience to do it or you like the way it sounds i grew up with it i grew up with it i like the equipment that uh that comes with the idea uh you know i i don't like to know that i'm part of a trend but i i'd like to think that i was uh, ahead of it a little bit but i don't know if i was 
but I do like the experience of it. And as I get older, uh, you, you know, and and I have less to do. I don't I don't have children. I don't have right. I don't have a wife. Uh, there's something about uh, kind of fetishizing, uh, uh, ritualizing a, an activity that's pleasurable. You know, I can sit down, I can put a record, I can listen to the high end speakers there's I have. A, and- there is a ritual to it, man, because I remember buying records, you know, and I was like 13. The first record I ever bought was Out of Our Heads, The Stones. And I have that one. You go home, you take that wrapping off you put the record on and you spend the next hour or two that reading yeah. the liner notes so yeah they used to have liner notes yeah and they were written by like legitimate cats like oh, ralph yeah. gleason and neil hefty and all yeah. these guys yeah yeah it's great and, <clears throat> and it, you know some records sound better than others i i do but you know to sit down and do it yeah to sit down and listen to it and i got yeah. some nice equipment that i like looking at you know some people buy cars <laughs> yeah. you know i bought some nice stereo equipment and I, yeah and i like looking at it so you did some more acting I did uh, well. F is for family. We just fill, uh, finished with Bill Burr. And how many uh, did you do? We did all of them, uh, six. And uh, Laura Dern is in it, and Bill Burr is in it, and uh, and that's his nice show. Pe- Mo Collins, that's Bill's. It's uh, an animated show. It's based upon. I probably am talking way out of school. He's got producers are going to just when's it know, start? Hank burn me an effigy. I have no. Oh, next season. You figure the year time it takes for animation probably sometime in the spring. For what network? For uh, Netflix. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. You're on Netflix now, right? I am. Yeah, I, yeah the first two seasons of Marin and my special is up there. Sweet. Well, that's great, man. Sweet, yeah. Now, what's going on with the <laughs> with the, with the, the Phil Hendry empire? Uh, the Phil Hendry empire is um, like the Incans, yeah. doing well, just waiting for the Spanish to arrive. <laughs> no, we're doing fine. Uh, for, for, you brought, you forecasted the end of the world. Yeah, exactly. And now yeah. it's only a matter before I'm conquered. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. So we're, 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 we're taking the hearts out of virgins and having fun and frolicking through the forest. Uh-huh. But there's, there is a ship out there on the horizon with yeah, sails yeah. and shit, and there's a guy with a helmet. And, yeah, he's and, coming. It's coming yeah, for all of us. Yeah. And, <laughs> but I, uh, he says all he wants is the weed, yeah. but I'm sure there's more. But I, I, you know, what we're doing is we've got a pilot that we're going to shoot in the summertime or early fall, which is a, a satire that I'm really excited about i'd love to tell you more but you know how this town is sure and uh we also are a tv pilot a tv pilot. Oh, good. Okay. yeah it's um it's a satire based upon television great and uh you know and we've got our uh, website which is philhendryshow.com and did you uh, just up did you make it what happened we've you upgraded did? the website oh we've yeah got a, yeah we've got a we got a real cool website now which is a lot of it it was inspired by you and yeah. I, i'll tell you this I said to my guys, if you go to Mark's page, there's a big button there. It says, here's the show. Yeah, play. Said, that's what you do. <laughs> this is what it is. It's not a world of techno geeks that are all going to be excited about hitting 58 links. Yeah. You know? And they go, oh, okay. So we have not as big as the button on your page, but we've got at least a button. You know? <laughs> yeah. I want and my older listeners to know exactly what's happening. How you do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, here play. it is. Here's, and if you want another kind of a show, play that one. Yeah. And uh, so we're just doing things. like We have a couple of extra, uh, what I call bells and whistles, which is a chat feature, which my fans seem to like to do. They like to get in there and get into sure. fist fights over yeah. oh, know, yeah. the that's, show. Well, that's the internet. Yeah. 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 Fuck you. No, fuck you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's it, man. How many shows have you got in the, uh, in the archive? Like, well, we got 20,000 hours, man, of shows. 20,000 hours, yeah. And what we've done is we've opened up uh, like 30. I know you got like 100 or so free out there although 50 free 50 free always at all times so yeah. we have 30 mm-hmm. and uh and then they go behind the paywall and uh i figure that's a little bit better than seven we only had seven out there for a while yeah um but <laughs> yeah, i mean how cheap do you want to be henry you know yeah so uh we threw that out there and and really um i gotta tell you something mark 
that's what pays the bills really is the digital world that's sure. what's paying the bills for us is giving us a really good living and yeah. i thank I, god thank god you made man. the adaption well, you adapted and, and now all these cats you evolve. Are, well you know all these radio guys are coming hey phil how'd you do it huh yeah i said because i had to man you know you know, Nobody, it's, you, it, you know. a lot of those guys it's weird because i've seen it happen it's like you get comfortable being coddled you get comfortable you know and, and then you start to realize like you know that sh- shit is shrinking up but a lot of them just still can't leave. They even can't if, leave, man. even if it, their, their salaries are cut, or yeah. they're not doing what they used to, or they get moved around, they're just terrified because for you know what thirty years they've been taken care of. Yeah, because they're not. I don't think, and this is the difference between a guy like you and those guys or me. We're we think like producers. We know okay. Here's how I want to do this. Here are the buttons I want to push. Here's how I want my studio to be. In fact, here's the business model I right. want to work. And they. We're not really ever broadcasted, I don't think. I think they were like lawyers that got a talk show, and then it got real. The money got really good. But and it's, then- it's sort of sad, though. Like you know, the like some of them who are real. Ta- like they, also, there's that fear. You get to, you're in the game for a long time, yeah. and you want to make the jump. Yeah. And I think in your heart, you really don't know how many listeners you really have. And and if you make the jump, you're afraid that uh, fuck yes, you're afraid. I mean, we yeah. Arbitron books like you can spin that shit into anything. Dude, that's the like that's that's that was it's torture. a lie. Yeah, it was torture. been a, it's always been a lie. Mm-hmm. So. Like, like to, to sort of like be this guy, the morning guy, and wherever, and be right like, all right, fuck it, I'm leaving, I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, I'm only getting 1,500 downloads. Yeah. That's terrifying. What, wait a minute, how am I going to make a living of that? Right. Where's how, the advertisers? And yeah. also, how's your ego going to, like, especially Stay. a radio guy, how yeah. are you going to take that hit? Yeah. You got to be a workman. You have to be a journeyman. Think, you yeah. have to just, okay, let's, it's start. I'm starting Desperation. all over again. Desperate. Yeah, starting all over again. Like, right. How did you do it, man? He's like, well, yeah. I want to do this thing. And uh, so no next, choice. Next thing you know, you got an audience. Yeah. And uh, I think um, uh, for us, we just charged a subscription. So we knew right away how much bread we were making. And, yeah. Uh, and you had this amazing archive that was yours. We had the archive that, we, that belonged to us. And yeah. I got to thank, I will thank uh, one uh, suit, Craig Kitchen of uh, Clear Channel, who, who gave us, basically said, I'm going to give you guys the archive. I'm going to work it so that we get it from Clear Channel and give it to you, which was great. That's um, good. Yeah. It's so. the one good suit. I'm telling because you. Write because that since down. then, the I one good suit. That's got to be the title of a book. That's the name of a book or it's the name of a play or an opera. <laughs> yeah, the one, one good suit. But I'll tell you this, since then, Clear Channel ain't given shit away, man. They, well, they are can't. holding on to everything. Sure, they have to yeah. for the big garage sale. For the big garage. <laughs> when, when's that going to happen, do you think? I don't uh, know. I don't know how it looks. Like I, I don't like. I have a hard time paying attention to things. Well, you don't have to, man. I and guess, I, and I only do because I'm sadistic. You know, I mean, we're out of the. Well, you, well yeah, you want the Schadenfreude of, of seeing you know, the thing of, topple. Yeah, sure, you know, and yeah, yeah. fuck you. <laughs> I outlived you. Yeah. yeah, and and I think what's happened is this is a talent friendly atmosphere now. We start our own businesses. We do our own thing. The guy I was telling you about, who will remain unmentioned before, yeah. said, you know, basically we had this guy and then he split because he started his own network. When it's In radio, that didn't happen. Cats right. weren't leaving and starting their own radio station. Right. But now you can leave and say, thank you very much, but I got it from here. And, yeah, uh, you definitely feel like there there is a shift happening, and I think they all know it. And and I think that's one of the reasons, like you know, the guy we were talking about, he's like, you know, I want to I want to be the power on top of that. I want to wrangle this. Like mm-hmm. there's the old guard mm-hmm. that's sort of like the old guard with the money, and this, they're like, well, we, we can make this ours, and they wrangle that. Yeah, but so yeah, they, but they can't. They, you know, someone will figure something out, but it's not going to be that. It's not going to be one dude. There's going to be a platform of some kind. Whoever well, the, gets in the cars, you know, in the most efficient way, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Then you, it's done. And for me, if anybody's listening, it's just a touch screen. So you got Mark Marin and you got all these shows lined up. Yeah. And you just punch the button as you're driving in sure. your car to all the little show. You can like maybe a hundred buttons there, but they've yeah. all got the names of the shows that you, you love. You just scroll. It's scrolling through, man. Sure. And that's where it's at. And I think and, and by that time, your car will be driving itself. 
So well, you know, no, yeah. let's hope it doesn't take that long, you know, but uh, right. pretty yeah, close. Pretty close but to right now, I pulled up, man, I've got my iPhone, and I'm listening to iTunes. I mean, well, that's tune, just in, right. like tune in. Run know? it right into the uh, in the plug. In the, like, you can do it through Bluetooth. Yeah, Dude, it's going to I've gotten hooked on Premier League soccer out of Britain. So now, oh, every yeah? day, I'm listening to these freaking British talk sh- sports shows. Oh, that's when, exciting. Yeah, I'm listening to these cats out of London. They're yeah. like, right, where was they? Chelsea. <laughs> Chelsea's not what they did. And I understand them, you know. You've got the, you figured out? I got figured out the rhythms and the slang. Yeah, there's two languages I really don't understand. Yeah. Scottish English and Jamaican English. Yeah. Both of those guys forget it. Scottish English is rough. Those dudes I are. Know, that's where my people are from. And it's, like, it's hard, man. You know, I went to Jamaica with my girlfriend. Her people are from Jamaica. Yeah. She understood every word. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. go to Scotland. Forget it. Nothing. Yeah, they're going to the hydro You're going to find it? Huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go there. You don't tell me dolphin. That is Peterable Tide. Oh, I forget it, man. I'm hanging, I'm dangling there from the Glasgow airport thing. It's but heavy, man. Yeah, it's, Scotland's heavy. I, I mean, like, if you, did you go to Glasgow? I got, yeah. It's an incredible city. Freaking great, man. Yeah. It's yeah. just great. It's dude. beautiful. Yeah, it's so gorgeous. It's insane, too. It, crazy castles and stuff. Castles you know? and, like, you know, profoundly drunk people on the weekends. <laughs> I've, never, I, I've talked about it before. Profoundly drunk. Like, I've never seen public drunkenness. It's just sort of like, and no one's doing anything about it. It's like, this is just another Saturday night. It's just like, well, you know, casualties on the sidewalk. San Francisco's not a whole lot different on Denver, man. Denver, Denver's yeah. the way. Now with legal pot and the altitude and seriously, the booze on the Denver downtown on the weekend, it's like, people are going down. I got, I got, I got, uh, uh, a little bit hooked by the onion this weekend where something along the lines of uh, Robert Durst is overheard on the microphone that they haven't removed for three years that he's going to kill those filmmakers as soon as he finds them. <laughs> I read this and I'm like, what? wait a second, it's, it's the onion. Yeah, that watch? was a hell of a thing. Yeah, I just watched, watch I watched it all back to back. I just, I didn't I do did it too. I just I sat down and did it. Yep. And, yep. Uh, and I got to show my girlfriend because she's completely I like think I, I, there's part of me believes like most of them, that like you know, he he wanted to, he wanted to be caught. You saw him practice. That's what a psychopath does. They don't know how to behave as a normal human. Well, so they I saw that, you know, yeah. but but also what what became like in the last part when he knew the mic was live. I guess he might have. I don't yeah. know. He is old, but yeah. like, but he wasn't. He wasn't rehearsing. He was talking to another voice in his head. That was the most revealing thing at the very end. Okay, he he was like, you know, we're we're caught. We're yeah, caught. Yeah. Like there were there were there was a dialogue going, and that was where you're like, no, he's like. Not just your run-of-the-mill psychopath. He, well, you know, a psychotic is yeah. talking to heads, yeah. voices. A psychopath is a guy who knows exactly what is sane and what isn't and just chooses to act against... Well, he's the, got no conscience, no, no conscience, empathy. Yeah, uh, yeah and we, we walk among them. Yeah, we Psych- sure as hell Psychotics do. usually reveal themselves at some yeah, point. Yeah, they're usually the guys... Some drastic action. They're yelling at a sign, you know, and you <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. thank you. I Although nowadays it. with freaking Bluetooth, forget it. Sure, I don't know sure, doing, sure. You know. We're all psychopaths. Yeah, we all look like it, yeah. Well, Phil, what's the website? Huh? The website. Oh, wait, what were you saying? I'll, I'll let I you said, say you're that. a great man. Well, thank you, man. This guy's my inspiration, Mark Marin, and that's why we do have philhendryshow.com. Beautiful. Uh, backstage pass it, Jack. Beautiful. Beautiful, man. You're a good I man. appreciate it. I appreciate right, you brother, coming. Thanks, it's always good to see you. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah. I appreciate it. Tommy Davidson's been around a long time. He's got a history in this business. He was on one of the revolutionary sketch shows, and you know, I, I tried to get him in here. A while back, it didn't work out, and I got him in here today. I'm going to pester him about some stuff, see if we can get some banter going, okay? Uh, Tommy Davison's on tour right now. You can see him Sunday at Helium in Buffalo. Then in June, he's got dates in Houston and Austin, Texas. Go to tommycat.net for dates and venues. Before I, before I get into this talk, 
the Baltimore riots were still happening. So that's why we were talking about it like it was in the present. All right, now you know that. Now we can get to it. Some people hate fucking cats. To me, the people that hate cats yeah. are just not used to wisdom. <laughs> yeah. And they're just not used to just kind of dealing with things. Right. It, that's true. They, you know, they, they uh, you know, cats are, are meditative. Yeah. They gauge you. Yeah. Yeah. And they, and some people can't handle that. They're like, what are you, ju- how are you judging me? Yeah. Don't, and, don't. Yeah. Pre- and they also kind of like, they do their own thing based on what you want. Yeah. And sometimes they ask for what they want. Yeah. Dogs don't. Dogs say, what do you want me to do? Right. Cats just kind of ask for what they want. They just kind of look at things. Uh huh. Look at you. <laughs> and go, it's up to you. This food is gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Your call. I can't remember, like, I know we must have met at some point, because I go back to, like, I was at the comedy store back in the mid-80s, and I think I ran into you on the road somewhere. I am sure. 50, how old? You were the same age. 51. Yeah, I'm 51. Yeah, we remember. How HR. the fuck? We remember yeah. HR Puffer stuff. Yeah, sure. I remember. The Banana Splits. <laughs> yeah, I remember the Banana Splits. Funky Phantom. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. That. Funky Phantom. A little unclear on that. Barbera. Yeah, it was around when the Groovy Ghoulies. Oh, Yeah. I remember, remember the, the group. It wasn't banana uh, splits. Banana splits. Yeah, the stuffed animals on the roller coaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah playing guitars. Yeah. Where'd you grow up? Uh, Maryland. Really? Silver Spring. Yeah. I don't know where that is. It's close uh, to what? DC. Uh huh. Yeah. And uh, what you hold? Do you have brothers and sisters? Uh, one brother, one sister. One. Uh, my brother passed away. Still with me. Uh-huh. And one sister that still lives in DC. And where were you born? Uh, Mississippi. Yeah. Mississippi. How'd you get from there to there? I was abandoned and then adopted by a white woman and brought to Colorado. She then moved to Washington, D.C. <laughs> you were abandoned, like left on a doorstep? Or? Like left in the trash. No. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. That's sad. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was a happy day for me. <laughs> yeah. Did you, it could have been sad. Yeah. You yeah. Could, well, it, it turned you, out, that tale has turned out happy so far. Well, yeah, but how did you, how did they get, how did you get found? Do you know that part of the story? Yeah. She was actually working with uh, my natural mother, about a year before. You know, the, your adoptive mother? Yeah. Oh, really? Working with her in the civil rights movement down there. In really? In Mississippi. Yeah. Immunizing kids and just trying to be a part of the movement yeah. that was going on. Right. And had left there mm-hmm. and came back to visit. Okay. And asked about her. She, they said she left. Yeah. She took her, her two older kids, but I think she left her youngest child at a house that just, is on such a street. So she goes to the house. You know, and for some reason she's curious, and it's a drug house, and kids hanging out doing drugs, and she goes to walk out. There's a pile of trash on the side of the house. Yeah, she says something told her to look behind this big giant tire that was with all this trash. Yeah, she saw my foot, really out of the pile. No kidding. And she dug the trash out, and there I was. And how old were you? Uh, almost two. Wow. And I was technically, I think, dead. Took me to the hospital. Two weeks, nursed me back. And I couldn't find the mom. She hustled up a a legal right to take me in and then later on adopted me. That's insane. I know. And then she had two other kids? She had them currently. Yeah. So one is a month older than me. One was three years older than me. Oh, my God. And what did, what and did she- And they're white. So. And what did she do? She actually passed away. She was a, oh. a union worker mm-hmm. all her life uh, for uh, workers' rights, for housing and urban development, anything else that came up. And was she married? She have a. Uh, she did eventually get married, but I was an adult by then. Oh, that's yeah. a wild single uh, mom. Single mom in the seventies with three Women, kids. Women's lib. Yeah, women's lib, which means the kids do all the cleaning. Uh huh. You know, <laughs> but 
how did that affect you? I mean, did you ask questions? When did you learn about I didn't have to. Yeah. Uh, got my ass kicked as soon as we got in D.C. Moved into Washington, D.C. during the riots in 68. Yeah. How, how uh, coincidental that that's happening now. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I can't and fucking believe it. Moved. I can. I can. Yeah. It, a fool would know what happened. Yeah. Yeah. You take up. You take enough food for 20 people in a room full of 100 people for a week. Yeah. Only a fool's not going to know what's going to happen. Right. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I mean, I guess this has been waiting to happen. Uh, Baltimore actually, you know, uh, was was historically one of the notorious uh, slaving cities mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. during the slave, slave mm-hmm. uh, uniquely to Baltimore mm-hmm. was when the... Uh, laws, the international laws were passed on importing African slaves. Yeah, uh, in order for America to continue to get them, they opened up breeding farms, and the breeding farms actually were the most of them were located in the Baltimore area. Breeding black people. Yeah. Oh my God! I never heard Isn't that. Something. And the highest rate of uh, sexual abuse and and um, incest among African Americans is in that area. Huh? Isn't that something? What do you make of that? Uh, that. Uh, the cause and effect is real. Yeah. And now when you moved there, so you, you're you with basically a white mom, two white siblings, and you. And a black neighborhood. Yeah, in a black neighborhood. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So. Let the games begin. <laughs> and we're underway in Super Bowl 25, you know. <laughs> and what happened? I mean, like, uh, so your mom wanted to live in a black neighborhood. Right away. She was kind of got a job there. Okay. A government job. Yeah. At HUD. Yeah. Or a government job, you know, at another agency. You know, because that's a secretary town, really. Yeah. So a lot of women, single women, uh-huh. were moving there during the sixties. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh, single women. Uh huh. For their careers and to right. raise their kids. Sure. And she was one of them. Yeah. But we coincidentally moved there during the riots in '68. So it was a mess. Tanks. Yeah. Tear gas. Me and my sister on the ground. Really? Yeah. My my and my brother. Yeah. My brother looks like David Cassidy. Oh really? But blonde. And my <laughs> yeah, yeah. my um sister looks like Cindy Brady. Uh huh. And here I am, riding Allen Rippy. <laughs> you know, yeah, j- just using the seventies reference, right? And um, they beat the shit out of us every day, and we're calling this white cracker and calling me white cracker lover, uh-huh. and I, I actually like graham crackers, yeah. So I was like, "What is this?" Yeah, you know, yeah. I actually, literally thought, you know, how old are you? Like in what, five when you started to remember this five. shit? Five, five. It's crazy, man. Yeah, and so it's like. I don't even like white crackers. <laughs> yeah. Like, I like graham crackers. You didn't, quite, sweet. You didn't quite know what they were They're saying. sweet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah. I finally asked my mom after getting my ass beat. So, finally, I asked my mom, what's a white cracker? She said, that's what people call, people are color. Right. That are your color. Right. And they don't like them. And yeah. I was like, color? I'm brown. Yeah. She said, well, they're black people and we're white people. I said, no, you're brown. Like the crayon is brown, right? And you guys are like peach, right? In the crayons, <laughs> yeah. And um, I said, "Well, people can be. Aren't we the same?" I thought because I grew up in Wyoming and Colorado on like farms and oh, that's where you started mount- mountains. And- so she got you and then took you to Colorado right. first, right? What was she doing there? Uh, she was her and um uh, her and her, her uh, husband at the time taught at a uh, Fort Collins in, in the university over there. Well, how old were you then when you were there? Uh, Anywhere from three to five. And then Wyoming? Uh, Wyoming was where she was from, so we went there often. Oh, really? Yeah, so I grew up in mountains and right. streams. Yeah. Significantly white areas. Uh, significantly middle America. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but the, all, all the Indians were dead by then. Few around. So, yeah, few around. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, 
So by the time you got to DC, you were like seven or five or five, six. Five. Okay, so you had memories and yeah. everything else. Oh yeah. So I'm going, what the hell? And it blew me away because yeah. I thought people were like animals. I thought they were born like animals. Like a cat could have a black cat, a white cat, sure, brown cat, and a speckled one yeah. in one litter. And a horse, you could have a black horse and actually have a, like a, a brown horse. Yeah. So I thought people were born like that. Right. I thought it was a brown one. Right. And that and it didn't make any difference. Right. Yeah. And it did. Yeah. So, and then I, we moved from to the suburbs to run away from that. And then it's the first time I heard the word nigger because grown white men were calling me nigger and get the little nigger and chasing me home. In in the suburbs. In Wheaton, Maryland. Yeah. And I, I barely got home with my life. People were starting fires on our porch. and Really? Yeah. Nigger it is. Nigger it is. It was in 68, 69. Was that a white neighborhood? Yeah. All white. And um, I asked, what is a nigger? And she said, that's people... That's what people call your, that's what people, our color call people your color when they don't like them. Mm. And I didn't like that at yeah. all. That was, a, that was the explanation. And I said, oh, that's not good. At five, my head exploded like, there was just like a nuclear reaction like, what is this place called Earth? Right, you know? right, yeah. Then I moved, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. Uh, the end of the identity crisis, when it, crisis was when we moved to an integrated neighborhood. Yeah. Which is rare at the time. Where's that at? Uh, Silver Spring, Maryland. Oh, okay. Yeah, on the, on the DC line. Yeah, and um, some white kids did chase me down uh, the railroad tracks uh-huh. we were playing on, and some black kids were standing at the end of the tracks, and the white kids ran the other way, and I ran behind the black kids, and I've been black ever since. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was the beginning of black. Well, then I knew. Okay, <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm on this side. It's a good side, you know. But there was never you never uh, lashed out against your own family. No, it was only in not understanding and confusion. Yeah, you know, because they gave me just what a human being needs—love. Mm-hmm. And I thought I needed to get something from uh, one color or the other. Yeah, when you grew right, like, how exactly. And love is given, you know, uh, uh, an undetermined amount sure. by the individual. Right. But like there Regardless was a, of color. there was a point where you're like you know I, I'm gonna be yeah what black side now. yeah what side am I gonna be on yeah. my black you know and so I am um so did uh, you get get tense with your brother and sister and no that, never, and that, oh, never. Really? oh we we're yeah. like the Brady Bunch right we, we're like yeah. Parch family Swiss right. family Robinson so you could go home to that but out in the world yeah we were together man yeah. we were, we were the we were, you know band yeah. of brothers yeah and um you know sons of anarchy yeah you know my household. Was like uh, the movie Billy Jack, you know. We, we that was our <laughs> a my, commune my, motto. <laughs> yeah, you know, I grew up in a commune in Colorado because their father was weed smoking hippie. So we go back there and stay, and that's not no place for a seven year old to yeah. hang out at a commune. Right, seventy. <laughs> yeah, my mom was conservative and working at an office, and her folks were and kinda... her ex husband was a hippie oh, in a commune. Okay, so we ended up at folk festivals and. Wow, seeing orgies and shit. Really? When we were come you know, on seven, come on, crazy shit, man. Orgies? Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. That's right. You know, so I have you know, funk Parliament Funkadelic and the Barcades and the Commodores and and Led Zeppelin and Iron Butterfly, all in one dude. Yeah, yeah. And my my well rounded. Yeah, found out that my grandfather, my true natural grandfather, is a is a pure Choctaw Indian from Mississippi. Where'd you? How'd you figure that out? I just I met them in my early thirties. You saw that your family? Re, re, not really. My mother worked at HUD. Saw the name. It happened to be her. Reunited with the family and found out that my grandfather was a pure Choctaw Indian 
from Mississippi, and and uh, naturally my grandfather, who I raised up, who was raised by my grandfather, is a cowboy from Wyoming. So I have a cowboy and an Indian as grandparents. Yeah. So I think I'm, and I and my my brother was a white gay male really? who died of AIDS. Uh, unfortunately, was an activist early uh-huh. in the early years when no one knew about it. So this was your 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 brother that you grew up. With. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have a Native American grandfather cowboy grandfather a gay white brother a white sister what'd she do uh she actually uh was an electrician for a while uh one of the first electricians in the, in the area dc area and um she's a parent now and raised her kids her first son is off to college really already mm-hmm. yeah did you meet your mom then your real I mom did. i did and what was that like uh it was cool to get some closure but i don't know her you right, know, she, she wasn't there when I got stung by a bee, or right. But was she had fucked bad up? Or no? Uh yeah, kind of a Bible thumper kind of chick. But did you did you ask her like why'd you put me in the garbage? She did. She was a she was a an addict. Right out there, she was seeing an older guy. Yeah, he had a family. Uh huh. He already had a family. He was fifty. She was nineteen. Right. He had four children by him. Anna, his own family. He she went. had four children by him. Yeah, I was the fifth. You were one of them. Yeah, and um, she was nineteen. In Mississippi. That's so fucking crazy. And on drugs. So. So she started having kids when she was 15? Yeah. So she just left. And she just left me. And she, she left was, him too. And she's remorseful. Uh-huh. I was never with him. I was yeah. with her. Right. And she left me, my older brother, and my three sisters alone. And then came back and got them and left me. So she was strung out. Right. Did you ever meet the other siblings? Yeah. How are they? My oldest brother's great. Great guy. You, you got know, a relationship yeah, with him. Yeah, got now? a relationship with him. He remembers me. Him and my older sister remember me. Hmm. The other ones are like, "Wow, my brother's on a living color." So I was like, "I don't want to get to know them." <laughs> but the other ones, and mm-hmm. you still have a relationship with them. I do. How many kids you have? Uh, four. How old are they? Uh, twenty. Uh, twenty. Uh, five. Twenty-one. Nineteen. And eight. 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 Surprise. A, is that a different woman? Yeah, she's a good girl though. How many? How many baby. wives have you had? Uh, three. Three? Not wives, but donors. Uh, did you still? I think my buddy said did you still live next to Gilby Clark. I did. He moved just over a couple of blocks. We're still best of friends. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I knew his uh, John Daniel. You know John Daniel? I don't know John. Gilby was in uh, Candy. Uh, he ba- yeah before G- before our guns rose. Right, long before John was the bass player in Candy. He's now a manager, and he's a friend of mine. Okay, he said, he said that. Wow. He, he, he must have met me over there. Right. He said. So yeah, I was always over at the house when they had parties. Right. He's got pool and shit. And oh yeah, Gilby is my man. Gilby builds motorcycles and has fun with his life. Yeah, and you yeah. guys are buddies. Yeah, he does. He's a guitar playing motherfucker. He is. He's great. We're man. musical guys, and I met Slash through him. He was a good friend of mine. I got introduced to a real good consortium of of good ass LA musicians because of Gilby. Man, that's cool. We right? played together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you play? Uh, my voice. I know that. Yeah, yeah. that was Boston. <laughs> yeah, or or Peter Frampton. <laughs> Mm-hmm. 
When did you start performing? Uh, about four years ago. That's why the black kids like this. Yeah. All of a sudden. Because you uh, Cause I can sing and, I can sing and dance. Well, so you started musically, really? Oh, uh, yeah. And music is my first love. Fell into comedy by accident. What Were, were you singing before? Oh, yeah. Singing and trying to do that. In in uh, with the band bands and oh yeah band on the run. You're playing what kind of music? What kind uh, of band were you? R and B. Yeah, R and B all the way. Well, I remember you got pretty famous for the Aldro impression. Yeah, he's a great guy. I mean, came to a club that I used to run called Tomedy, which is a, a music showcase in L A. Yeah, everybody came through. All the music, all the hot musicians came because we had a really hot room. That was your place. All my place. Yeah, lovely place. When and, was that? Uh, that was probably about two thousand four. What happened to that place? I couldn't afford to keep it going. So I had real live music and I had real sound. Yeah. No one wants to pay for that. Right. Yeah. Give, them one, give them one speaker and sell drinks. Yeah. That's the motto. That's easy. Yeah. But the, uh, so you had a good setup and yeah, training. Yeah, great. And he was sick in the hospital. and said, I'll come down to your show. I said, you want to perform? Nah, just watch. I said, okay, we'll see about that. Yeah. And boy, I got into this one tune. <laughs> There is such lonely, and I looked over. He was on the mic on cue. Really, searching that's been going on. Couldn't stop Pointed me. I went. Sweet tomorrow morning. Burst in with the down. Boom, boom. He went. I delight in singing. Pointing at me. I go. How does Arrow knows the fawn? And then he points at me and go, me and him. We go. And we go. We both go. Sweet tomorrow morning. Burst in with dawn. And we brought the house down. I bet. Yeah. Was that exciting? Oh my god. Yeah. Still gives me, you can feel it now. Yeah, 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 I can. Was he like a hero of yours? Oh, of course. Yeah. My brother, when I was 15, I was listening to uh, a lot of R&B, and he yeah. said, you, I'm, I'm going to expand you. Yeah. There's more, you have more range. Yeah. You got you to gotta start listening to some jazz vocalists, and so he turned me on to, you know, him and Grover Washington. And, right. You know, uh, Sanborn. And, yeah. You know, just Bob James. You know, uh, Spiral Gyro. Oh, wow. Yeah. Know, yellow Jackets. Yeah, yeah. Pat Metheny. So did you- So I'm gone now. Yeah. Did, did you, you know. sing professionally? Uh, At I all? wish I wish I did. I can say I did because I got paid a couple paid gigs. When you were a kid, though. Yeah, yeah, when I was a kid. Right. And I went out with grown bands would come and knock on the door. Hey, can your son come and gig with us? You know? Did that happen? Yeah, it did. Like who? It did. Uh, just the local- Oh, yeah? Guys that were playing Earth, Wind & Fire covers and come over and say, we hear your son can sing. Could he come to practice? And she said, yeah, he can go over there for a little while. Oh. My brother walked me over there, and I'd get on that mic where they said, we got to take him out. You know, but I was too young to go to clubs. Right, right. Yeah, and so I wanted my mom to take me out and give me a, a record deal because I was really, I won every talent show. I, I was just, so was a sensation, really. Yeah. And sank just like Michael Jackson. You could do that. And she said, uh, yeah, Michael, when he had a natural voice, right. he did something. Yeah. Well, he started sounding like, yeah. <laughs> you know, but he used to be like, I had you treated me baby. Yeah. He had all this control. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I was, that's from that. You know? Right. 
I'm from that. Right, Michael, Michael Jackson. Yeah. yeah. Not looking out at the night. You know, not that one. You know what I mean? Right, yeah, yeah. But yeah. the one, you know. Right. I'll be there. You know, the, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. control. Yeah. Right. And um, wanted her to, you know, because I saw they got mini bikes. They had the cartoon. Sure. The yeah. Jackson Five. You yeah. know, every every Saturday. Yeah. I want to do this, man, because I can get a mini bike. And right. Wear bell bottoms. Man. Yeah. Get me some girls. Uh huh. And my mother said, nope, I want you to spend time being a kid. And I said, yeah, but he gets a mini bike and he's still a kid. And she said this. She said, Michael Jackson's going to be fucked up. She was right. And I used to think she was crazy. I'm like, this woman is out of her mind. I can have us in a big house. Yeah. Meanwhile, we got roaches. We're in welfare. You know, I'm like, I can get us out of here. Yeah. You know, she's like, Michael's going to be fucked up. And we aren't. Mm-hmm. And um, he's here. He, he's gone and I'm here. Did you ever meet him? I did. How was that I for did. you? He actually called me, not even knowing him. Called me out the blue. For the impression? Cause he... No, called me. You must have seen me on any right. color. Right. When he died, one of my agents said he was your favorite. He would email me all the time and say, where are you playing? And Oh, yeah? I never told you. I said, why, motherfucker? Um, and so he called me at this big, giant party at his house for 5,000 people, a concert. He said, you're the only comedian I trust to host it. And I hosted it. Wow. Met him. Nice guy? Nice dude. Yeah. Didn't pay for the limo. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was weird. Said, Something's wrong with that. <laughs> he did. I did. took the limo, me and my 16-year-old who was going out of her mind, took her all the way out to Santa Barbara from Sherman Oaks uh-huh. and all the way back, stayed there all day, and he didn't pay for the limo. That's bizarre. And uh, his assistant went, oh, oh I'm sorry, uh, you don't understand. Michael doesn't do that. Really? I said, okay. Really? And I said, that's a little weird. Yeah. Something's off about that. Well, yeah. It, that, that it's a policy? Because isn't the guy, or the, and then that the we are the world guy? Yeah. And also, just the rich fucker who asked you to host no, the show. Like hosting, yeah, you know. Did he pay you for that? No. Oh, just out of the goodness yeah. of your heart. <laughs> it's Michael and Jackson. I, I did do that. Sure. You know, and, um, you know, I thought that was a little odd and a little off. Yeah. But who am I to judge? It's Michael Jackson. Yeah, people have judged him for worse things than being cheap. Yeah, I mean, the guy was, you know, he was coloring his skin and getting in an oxygen tank. Yeah. You know, I I can only feel empathy. Sure. Not resentment. Right. I mean, who, you know. Yeah, he was a troubled man. Yeah, I mean, we go and, and you know, we want these things in life, we think. Mm-hmm. And then we get them and then we think what, you know. Is that it? I mean, that's what the old black women say in church, you know. You better watch out what you pray for because you just might get it. I'm like, what's wrong with getting it? Yeah. And Ain't enough. What, and that's what they meant. I, yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing when uh, nothing will make you feel like you got it. Hey, we all been there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't get no. Exactly. Vacuum. So when did you start doing comedy officially? About 86. Where? D.C. Was asked by a friend of mine to try comedy. So you're like 23, 22? No, I'm like 19, something like that. Uh Uh-huh. And I got a new job at the Ramada Inn, and I'm happy. And I call him. I'm an assistant assistant chef. Really? Cooking? At 19. Cooking. Yeah, that's great. I've been working in the kitchen since 15. That's an accomplishment. Yeah. At the Ramada Inn. Where? An assistant chef. In Maryland. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, in Virginia. Yeah. That's a great gig. Yeah. And I call him. My best friend grew up with me. And the first thing he said was, you're stupid. I was like, what? He said, if I was like you and I was as funny as you, I'd be out there with Eddie Murphy and they making movies. Yeah. I had no concept of what he was talking about, man. He's going, if they can do it, you can. And so he worked at a strip club. 
worst strip club in DC. <laughs> Called me and said, I talked to manager and letting you on stage. At the strip club. Mm-hmm. Was it the one above the comedy, next to the comedy place? No, no, that's a better one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I discovered that one later. Yeah. Called me and said, why don't you come We're going to get you on stage at the strip club. Yep. That's the deal. And I finally showed up after three months of, yeah. you know, no's. And the manager looks at me and says, is this him? Yeah. Yeah, you got five minutes, buddy. Looked at him and In said, between what? strippers? Yeah. Uh, got, that's old school. Yeah. Yeah. So you got five minutes. Yeah. I said, cool. I turned to Howard. I said, what am I going to do? He said, I don't know, man. Just say something. Yeah. And from the first thing I said, they laughed. Do you and, remember what it was? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, he, he, uh, he said, why don't you tell, tell him about your house or your mom or something. Right, right. So I said, my mom used to make us, we had a lot of roaches. Yeah. And my mom said, if we have roaches because we don't clean the kitchen. Right. So we clean, she made us clean the kitchen all day Saturday and all day Sunday, which is the day we go out. Yeah. And sh- lo and behold, Monday, we did not have any roaches in the kitchen. Right. But they were eating our couch. <laughs> Yeah. Me and my sister came home from school. Yeah. And we're like, wow, finally the roaches are gone. And then we go to watch Speed Racer. Right. And pull up the couch pillows, and there's like a million roaches. In there. Uh, so they just switch locations. Sure. Yeah. And that was it. You were, you were, on, you were on, locked on, in. On, 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 on. You felt it. On. Stayed there for about three months. At the strip. My, my reputation just soared. Uh, how and you're building your you're building a set. I'm killing them. Yeah, killing them. Writing material. Killing them. Doing impressions. All in the natch. Yeah. So when did you start working? Uh. Shortly after that. Yeah. Show promoters started coming to the club. And putting me on huge concerts, so like I could play who comedy clubs. For? Yeah, yeah. Evan so Champagne King group called Starpoint. Luther Vandross. So you didn't do any clubs at the time, no. you because you know, that was how no. a lot of guys started in the seventies. The first just year. Just opening, doing what, 10, 15? In front of huge... Yeah, ten, you know, 10,000 people. That's a notoriously difficult gig. Not for me. Yeah. It was just natural for me. And then the clubs were even easier. Well, you're hot. You're, I mean, I haven't seen you in a while, but uh-huh. you, you go out with a lot of juice. I get. I give you I give, <laughs> I give. you what I got, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm like Molly, boy. So who? how'd you get set up then? Did someone uh, try to manage you? How'd you get... Yeah. I uh, met a guy um, while I was doing the... Apollo contest, which was big, and it was actually a real talent show. The object of the game wasn't for the guy to pull you off stage, right? For to stay out there. Um, and I won, and I won, and I won. And this guy approached me. He was an attorney. He said, "I want to manage you. Why don't you go out to L.A. for a week? I'll yeah. set you up in the clubs in L.A. If you like it, we'll move out there." I'm manager. I said, "Okay." Well, he wasn't there. a he wasn't a manager though. No, I was just an attorney, and but just love talent. Right. So I went out to L.A., and for a week I killed everyone. Where'd you go? Including Eddie Murphy and everybody else who got in my way. Where'd you go? Comedy Act Theater over in L.A., which uh-huh. was the mecca of black comedy. Uh-huh. Killed over there, Comedy Store, killed Ice House, killed, I mean, everywhere. Yeah. Name it. Improv. What year was that? Uh, that was probably about 87. Uh-huh. Killed, moved back here, and things slowed down. Moved where? Back to East? Moved back to L- moved, Went back East. Came back out, moved out here, and things slowed down. Tremendously. But you, but you hadn't been, you hadn't done, so you were on the East Coast, you were opening Killing. for for bands. Got to LA. You went to the Apollo, and yeah. then the guy said, go yeah. out there, showcased. Then you go back, he's, I killed, I'm moving out there. Then you moved out here. I just, I just, I hit the clubs, 
as much as you can every night. So you just like you had all this fanfare, years. so you were loaded up. You're like, I'm gonna be the guy, yeah. and then you get out here. It's like, well, just get online, that kind of thing. Yes. And how? And what clubs were you working? Name them. Nobody yeah. would let me work. Ice House, you're not what we're looking for. Store for three years. Really, the Ice House uh, one put you on. Laugh Factory. He put you on. No. For Mitzi three, for three years. Mitzi. No. No you're one. Not, put you're you not on. what we're looking for. No one put you on. You're not what we're looking for. Really. That's yeah. surprising. We get a lot of work in the black clubs. Okay, I was, I was like the, like Eddie Murphy on turb, Eddie Murphy on steroids. Yeah, back then. Yeah, I mean even now. Did you meet him? Oh yeah. Well, you worked with him, didn't you? The first time I, the first time I got in the comedy store, I worked with him. Uh huh. I got a call from the comedy store. I got a little, you know, shows at the belly room and right. little stuff for about a year. Mm-hmm. Then I got a call. Mitzi's got you working the main room tonight, which is a big deal. Yeah. Friday and Saturday. Yeah. Who am I with? Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy. Wow. So my first stint in the main room was with Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy. Richard either went on first and Eddie last, or Eddie first I remember and Richard I was, last. I was a doorman there in 87, so Richard like had already burned himself up mm-hmm. and was trying to come back, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of? Yeah. getting yeah. his feet back? And Eddie was hottest. Right, fire. right, right. And that's when um, Stiller, Ben Stiller, uh, Adam Sandler- yeah, Roseanne Barr, Seinfeld, Louis Anderson, Sam Kinison. This is before any of them hit. Right. Oh, they yeah. were all big dudes in the big room. Well, these are people that were in the room when you did it, or that they were, were doing the room. They were the main room people. Right. Right. Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Yeah. 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 These are the main room cats, and I was yeah. a young cat. Right. Who got into the main room? Right. And they and they saw you do it. Steve Odekirk. Sure. Steve Odekirk. Jackson Purdue. Jack Purdue. Yeah. Uh Angel Salazar. Sure. Check it out. Check it out. Yeah. Yeah. So when did the big break happen? I and mean, how'd that happen for you? I mean. It wasn't It wasn't like a, you know, just Because Keenan was there. Was and Damon was there. They were both there. A build up. Did a build you up. see them at the store? I used to see yeah. them at the store Keenan, all the time. Keenan and I, yeah. All of them were, all of them were, gave me the momentum for the break. Uh, it was Robert Townsend. Oh, yeah. He was there too. Took me too. out of the comedy store. Dom Irrera. Dom. Were you in Townsend's first movie? No. I wasn't in I'm Gonna Get You Sucker. I wasn't in Hollywood Shuffle, but I was at the premieres. I was Hollywood I was, Shuffle. I was in, an in dude. Right. You know? And right. Keenan and Robert knew me as the young, hot dude. Right. And so Robert put me on Partners in Crime, which was HBO. Mm-hmm. It's the first time you were seeing Blacks do Sketch mm-hmm. since Richard Pryor's show back in 72. How many did they do of those? I think about seven or eight, uh-huh. maybe ten. So that was Robert Townsend's sketch show on HBO. Yeah. And I did stand What up. happened to that dude, man? He's around. Is he? Real smart guy, kind of a corporate cat, knows how to make money. Really, what is he really doing, smart. though? Uh, you know what? I don't know. I really don't. I think he's right now working with different networks, TV One. Huh. But I, he all, he knows how to... He's smart man. Oh, I know, but like he was one yeah. of those guys that I haven't seen him in years, anywhere. doing. Yeah, but you know, he's behind the scenes. Sure, he's man. kind of like, you sure. know... Well, so is Keenan, yeah, I guess, like, a bit, but he, he surfaces yeah. occasionally, yeah. Keenan does. Yeah, we don't know who the arms dealers are, but they're making money. Sure, man. You know well, good. I mean? I'm just yeah, happy he's like, making money. They're in business. Well, he got a lot of juice at that, was that the independent, like, the big, the, the angle on that was, I, I, I paid for this movie with credit cards, the Hollywood Shuffle, right? Yeah. That was the press angle. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. He got all these lines you of don't credit. Make it on, you don't make it in Hollywood. You can always go to the post office. With that, right? With the Jerry call, the Jerry curl bit. That's right. That was funny. Yeah. So out of that was my first national exposure as a comic on the on the Robert HBO, Townsend on the sketch show. 
Yeah. And so that went so well that I um, actually appeared on the Arsenio Hall show. I just watched your, the, the, the recent one on the Arsenio Hall oh, show. I, I, I 2013. Sizzled, I sizzled that down. Yeah, I killed that. Yeah. <laughs> it was weird. I didn't watch any of those new shows. It's pretty wild, man. Yeah. To see, like, it was almost like, it's almost like a time warp. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. It's got the same haircut, but uh, all right. So you do the Arsenio Hall show, mm-hmm. yeah, and um, that gave me the national TV exposure. So I got the cable exposure, national right? TV exposure. And then Sinbad put me on the road. With the, you were opening for Sinbad? No, I was opening for Anita Baker and Luther Vandross. He couldn't do some dates, so I went on the road for like oh, you know, fifteen cities. So doing the opening for music, and again. I was already ready for that, right? Right. You know, and so from there, Eddie Murphy hooked me up with a pilot. With his company, it didn't fly. So were you and Eddie friends? Yeah. Are you still? Yeah, yeah, of oh, course, of course. Yeah. He's the king, he's the king. Yeah. He's he's the funniest dude ever. I know. When, he's the king. When, he is the king. And um, from there, Keenan picked me up for Unliving Color. Now, what was the, what was the pitch there? Because they, were they, we all you guys writers on that? Was it a writer performer yeah, situation? Yeah, situation? Yeah, so he was just putting something together. He said, I'm putting a crew together to do this thing. Or, or did he have a deal in place? How did that go? Yeah. I mean, he had a deal with Fox to yeah. do the TV show. Right. Put together an ensemble cast, which was us. Yeah. And um, got he just was like Professor Xavier. He just went and got all the best. Assemble him in one team. Right. Put him in the danger room. Right. And turn him loose on the world, baby. And I'm beast. How long did How long did that show run for? How many seasons? Five years. Five years. Had such a huge impact on everybody. Still does. Yeah. yeah. Do you still do people still come up to you like, holy fuck. Are you kidding me? It's it's the thing, man. Yeah. And any kids that are touched by the magic are like, Oh my god, you're a legend. Yeah. Yeah. And but like they're like, they gotta be our age now though. Isn't that weird though sometimes where yeah. people come up to you and yeah. they're like uh, forty yeah, or fifty years like, old? Really? They're yeah. like, I'm watching you when I was a kid. Right. You're 40. Right. Like, how the fuck did yeah. that happen? Well, you're 40 and you watched <laughs> yeah. me as a kid. What does that make me? What made it so, like, in terms of the writing and the process of In Living Color, what was the, was there, did Keenan sit everyone down and say, like, eh, we're, we're doing something different? Yeah. And like, he said, get ready. And yeah. You can do it. He said, just watch. Hang on. Because it was really the first, you know, black sketch show in a way that was mainstream, right? Yep. It was. It was. I mean, Richards didn't get a chance to fly. Richards was trippy, dude. I've watched some yeah. of that recently. Yeah, it didn't get a chance to fly. Did you watch it recently? Of Have course. you watched I it? I studied that thing. It's like some of that stuff was like. It's got a lot of people. Paul Mooney's in that. Oh, yeah. Argus is in yeah. it. Uncle Dirty's yeah. in there. Marshall Warfield's Robin in Robin Williams is in it. Sandra Bernhardt. Sandra Bernhardt. All the old store people are in yeah, there. Yeah, we're trying to come up, man. And all of them ended up being huge movie stars. It's, TV a, stars. it's wild to watch that stuff, though. Yeah, I just read that biography. Of him. They were out in the comedy store that long ago. Yeah. Since like 74. Right. Right. All right. So what was the writing process? Because you worked a lot with what? You work with Jim. You work with Jamie. You work with all those guys. David Al Greer. I mean, in- we'd, we'd, we'd round table. Yeah. Pile up the best things for the week. Yeah. Decide by laughs and, and um, committee. Yeah. Closed door committee. Mm-hmm. Which sketches got on the air. We were hoping it was ours. Every so everyone week. wrote their pieces. We were hoping it was yours every week. It's like a, he was kind of like a newspaper editor. Right. And we were submitting articles. Right. Showrunner kind of exactly. like, no, yes. Exactly. Well, you and, think uh, he's funny? He's a funny guy, right? He's brilliant. It's always amazing to he's me. He's the I, funniest dude. Uh, Keenan is like, 
a different kind of funny though. Well, I used to watch him when I was a doorman. I'd see Keenan, I'd see uh, Damon, yeah. and it was like two different things. Like Keenan's yeah. a joke guy, and Damon was like was a this- brain guy. Keenan was like a a joke brain guy, right. and Damon was like a funny guy. Uh, yeah, physical man. Like, let's do it. Crazy. Yeah. He'd come into the main room, and I'm going, what are you going to do, your act? He goes, no, I'm going to do the jazz set tonight. And he didn't nice. know what the fuck he was going to do. Right. And he would push the audience, man. He would. Yeah, he's crazy as hell. They're a blessed group. They make, you, they make you jealous. There's a lot of them. What yeah. happened to her? What happened to Kim? Kim's around. Yeah? Kim's around. Yeah, Kim is doing some, I think Kim was doing some plays last time I talked to her. And is there, there's, is there like a third generation of weigh-ins? There is. There is. Damon, <laughs> Damon Jr. is doing movies. Craig is out there doing things. Damien is directing. You know, they're all out there. They're all doing something. Now, I always want to believe that everyone's still kind of in touch. Do you, like, with Jamie Foxx, are you guys friends? You know what? We're friends, but we don't see each other. Right. Right. Know? And we weren't Because you worked a lot together on the show, right? Yeah. Well, we weren't friends then. Friends in the sense of, I know you. Right. You know, me and Jim knew each other from the comedy store. So we have been friends for years. Really? Yeah. Now, he was like, I forget that, like, you know, that he was just this young guy. He's a guy. great comic. Oh, of course he was. I, I just wish he'd do it. I know. Well, why don't you call him? Yeah, right. I don't know. What I can he, call him, but I can't ask him that. I don't know what he's doing up there. I'd love to talk to him. I have no. Oh idea. my god, he's doing well. Yeah, he's doing well. Yeah, he's doing really good. He's happy. Yeah, he's loving what he's doing. He's able to do sketches on Funny or Die or do put out whatever he wants. And I saw this commencement doing, speech he gave about yeah, a painting. Yeah. Did you see that? Thing? I didn't see it. I saw the hat. Yeah, yeah. I think I saw him in a graduation hat. Uh huh. I just thought it was a sketch or something. No, no, he really yeah. went out there and he did some. Yeah. Comment. it was yeah. kind of uh, it was kind of trippy, man. Yeah, he's a trippy dude. Yeah, was he always? Always, I knew he was going to be a huge star. So after Living Color, that's when you really took off as a stand-up, and, and yeah, it was huge. well the day it started. Yeah, the yeah. day it started. I yeah. mean, you know, everybody was. I high. was the first to star in a major yeah. motion picture, and I had which one was that? CB what, uh, which uh, movie? Strictly Business. Okay. Yes, yeah, yeah. CB4 came shortly after. That. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I did. Uh, probably I toured the country probably about. 10 times yeah I did seven, well, I remember seeing seven ever, movies right and a lot of the stand up shows yeah I did did you do special yeah I did couple three specials three specials all hour. while doing In Living Color right you were huge dude yes sir yes sir big billboard on Sunset yeah yeah nice. you lived it lived it and what and yeah, then what yeah. happened um you know <laughs> no, I don't know. You know well you know you cycle out yeah you know you do yeah, yeah. you know Someone gets hotter mm-hmm. and takes the forefront, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I went through some personal things where, where, that were good for me. Like what? You know, um, I would say I, I, you know, had some substance problems. On and off for uh, a while. On and off for a while. Yeah? Yeah. Because I remember that. And then found out that it wasn't about that at all. What were you, what were you doing? Um, I won't say it. I'll just say substance. Yeah. yeah, and uh, but like, because I remember when we were touring that you know, they, people kind of knew that you were kind of strung out, going through through some things, some, through some shit, going through some things. Like yeah. you didn't know what Tommy you were gonna get that yeah, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, like, which yeah. Tommy showed up? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, what, what, well, the thing is, if he shows up, he'll kill. Yeah, I never right. Did, no I matter never, what. Yeah, I never did it on stage. Right. Yeah, but it was part of my forging process, and you know, Mitzi told me, you know, I'm glad it happened early. The substance stuff. Yeah, I'm glad it happened early in your career. Yeah. That way you can deal with it. You don't have to wait till you're like in your 50s and like Richard and them. Right. You can get it and deal with it and then have a life. Did you? Yeah. Like, dude, I just read that book on Richard. I don't know how the fuck he even got anything. Got a life. 
got one, Dude, you got, got one, got a life. You know, kids graduated from college. Yeah. Me, I'm I'm the best I've ever been, the most potential I've ever had. Well, what did you when you say it wasn't about that? When this, uh, oh, it was it was about it was about me. It was it was about what what it was was about me, uh, knowing who I am and why I'm here. And what 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 process did you do to find that stuff? Um, just in recovery. Yeah, in recovery, I have, I have a lot of people that know about it that I connected with. That yeah, I got taught 15, me, 16 years. Yeah, that yeah. taught me how. Right, that taught me how to stay clean and, and live happily. Uh huh. You yeah. know, and um, it took. Yeah, it took. How many times did it take? Hmm. It took me a few. Yeah, it took me a few. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, more than ten. <laughs> yeah, double digits. But you know, uh, my cousin told me one time. He said, you went to rehab, right? I yeah. said, yeah. He said, more than once, right? He yeah. Said, yeah. I said, yeah. He said, then it didn't work. I said, no, it did work. Yeah, finally. Because if I didn't do it, I'd be yeah. out of here. Yeah. Yeah, you know, thank God I, you know, don't have to be with Farley and some other guys. I look back on that, and I never thought I'd say I'm happy that happened. Sure. But I'm happy that happened. Yeah. Yeah, because look at me, man. I'm like 51, but eight years old man right yeah man you can see it get all yeah open i'm connected bro yeah silver surfer yeah yeah yeah. silver surfer can go from one universe to the other yeah he's badass and uh, do you have good relationship with all your kids and all your great the 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 mother exit well you know yeah yeah Yeah. you know did you were ever did you like put together shit from your childhood did you ever yeah 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 do yeah. that shit yeah there you? was a lot you know there was a lot connected to that the abandonment none of stuff. it was the reason why i did it no, of course not right but i did see uh, some of the contributing factors that would make me want to reach for something right right other than things that are already i already have right now i know what i have so i don't need anything yeah so i don't have to add anything to me because i'm complete right and you fucking always work dude even you through, seem to even, work a lot. I never stopped working. Right. Through the whole ordeal. Right. I never stopped working. Something in me wanted life and wanted to do this bad. And so, you know, I'd have a setback, come back and do something even greater on screen, mm-hmm. something even greater in TV, something even greater in stand-up. I became a, I actually became a better performer as time went on. Mm-hmm. And um, I still don't think I've reached my peak. Mm-hmm. What's the plan? Uh, today's good. <laughs> Made it on over here. You know, uh, uh, we hit, hit the traffic in time enough. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe able to sneak in a little nap. Uh-huh. You know? I got some, I guess you got some chicken left from Ralph's. Do you, uh, home, when you know? when you perform though, like, do you do Vegas? Do you do, where do you do, where are you, where do I'm you? I'm around do? the country. Yeah. I do clubs around the country, concerts around the country, and I do venues around the world. So I've been traveling. You do international? International. Like I've been what? traveling the world. Like where do you go? Just came from Kuwait. How was that? I know that a lot of people go down the Emirates and whatnot. Really? Wonderful. What kind of what kind of stand crowd? Up. Stand up. Yeah. Great young Kuwaiti, you know, Kuwaiti American friendly friendly mm-hmm. crowd. And they remember you or they know you? Killed. Yeah. Se- se- third time there. Really? Mm-hmm. Egypt. Japan. Egypt. Korea. Yeah. Uh Singapore. Um the Philippines, uh, Kurdistan, really, um, India, and where do you where most of these shows take place? Military bases, oh. Alaska, the North Pole. So you're doing you perform for the troops? Oh yeah, okay, oh yeah, 
I went into the red zone and went to Afghanistan four times. Really? And they love it, right? Very loving appreciative. It. Loving it. What do you do mostly for that show? Uh, what I do. Yeah. They love it. They're waiting on me. Yeah. I've been able to, to do some good things. Gabba's in, um, one base in um, Bagram, I believe. Yeah. And uh, three of the, our, our boys were shot on the outside of the base, not far from where I was staying, actually. And one died. One's spine was severed and one lost his foot. So they knock on my door in early in the morning, all the brass is out front. I'm going, Jesus, I think they got a heli they better have a helicopter out there. Yeah. And they said, Would you come and say hello to the young man that lost his foot? And um this is one of the reasons I found out why I'm doing what I'm doing. That's why I'm glad what happened happened. Mm -hmm. And I'm walking over there going, What am I gonna say to this kid? You know? So I did just did my little prayer. Just show me what I need to do here. Mm -hmm. And um I'm talking about everybody peeled off as I was walking towards the curtain that surrounded the right. bed. You know? Right. It was just me. Yeah. I'm like, okay, they, they really want me to do this by myself. <laughs> yeah. So I peel back the curtains and the kid is like kind of asleep. And he wakes up and sits up and go and smiles, man, and goes, What are you doing here? And I and I said, I was about to ask you the same thing. <laughs> yeah. We talked for an hour. Really? And it was a cinch. Yeah. You yeah. just needed to show up. That's sweet, man. Mm -hmm. Were you always a religious person? No, no. My mom was a staunch atheist, man. So I never had she was that. A, what, really staunch, kind of a hippie, kind of a hippie. Uh huh. Kind of, you know, uh, you know, leftist, revolutionary. You know, what religion was she? You know, um, none, none, none. Not brought up with she, any. She, she believed that was the opium of the masses, right? Which it has been used as, of course. You know no, that. I get it, but yeah. like, but like in terms of when you kind of get grooved into a yeah you know day at a time business right there's a well you know she was uh a spiritual person right and that was the difference yeah. between a religious person and i found that i'm a spiritual person sure and i i accept religious principles yeah right yeah. be good to other people hey everybody got it <laughs> yeah I mean? the part where i gotta kill you because you believe that yeah i don't think jc or allah said that one right that was man's interpretation plus you know God is man's interpretation. It's all, yeah, it's all. Uh, I mean, it took a man to tell another man hey. that, that that exists anyway. For as far as we know, God never came down and said, hey, here I am. Someone made it up to give us all purpose. You know what I'm saying? Sure. God could be a, a Puerto Rican woman I, uh, drinking would, green whiskey. We I, don't know. I'd be very, that would be very exciting to yeah. find that out. You know, but we have faith. You yeah. Know? Faith is different. So what about all your kids? Are they, uh, they, you guys all get along? What are they, what are they doing? Anyone in show business? They're great. My daughter Jillian, yeah. she's giving it a shot. She's gonna start an audition. And oh, acting? She's into the acting thing, so. How's that going for her? I mean, not so good. Yeah. She gotta get a job. Yeah, well, yeah. what do you tell her? It doesn't you... work unless you have a job. Right, well, what do you tell her about show business? I mean, I can't, I don't know, would you, re I, obviously you can't say don't do it. All I can say is, you know. It's hard. I can say the things that I learned right. that work. Which are? Work hard and don't give up. Find a way to make a good living. Uh, embrace your life. Right. And commit. Yeah. And give everything you got every time. That's my recipe. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's what she's going to take? You know what I hope? What are the other ones interested in? Not the uh, world. The one's a DJ downtown. Oh yeah. oh, yeah? He's, he's in the DJ world, 19-year-old. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. you know? Having a good time? Good Having kid? Having a good, too good of a time. I <laughs> want him to get a job. <laughs> uh, my other son's autistic. Uh-huh. Uh doing well. What um, do, do, at what level? What what does that mean? Uh, he's 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 
functioning. Uh-huh. Adult. He's graduated from high school. Uh-huh. Now has a job, and he's he's taking care of himself. So, you know, yeah. autism is one of those things that's hard to understand and it's difficult on parents, but it's like anything else. You know, you see people with no legs running the Olympics. So, yeah. So that was that. A, that must have been a challenge. With challenge. Him. Yeah. Real challenge, especially since not being with the mom. Uh huh. Because you're not with the mom, right? So not being able to be there right, every right. day and understand that, right? I've got to just keep faith about the relationship, and it's it's there. As long as I do my part and love, love like my mom loved me, I know everything's okay. Yeah, yeah. And you have that with all the kids, all of them. And the eight year old you is in your house now. She's, no, no, she lives in San Jose. Oh my god, you don't you don't hold on to any uh, any of the women? Yeah, but I see her. Okay, all the time, all the time. <laughs> you got no woman right yeah. now? I do have a woman. Okay, yeah. Is it good? Yeah. Is and it's it? good. It's good. Yeah, it's good. But not the, oh, those three. The, not yeah. those three. Yeah, today's good. A day at a time, bro. I know, man. Uh, look, I, I'm glad you stopped by. I'm glad we had the conversation. Um, you don't come. You don't. It, you don't get this a lot. What to have the long talk? Yeah, because I mean, it's all automated. Yeah, I know. You know the music. Oh, pro- quick. The music, what do you got going? Where are you going to be? The music program. Yeah, do that thing. Yeah, it's hey, not. There's not a real resident DJ. It's a guy. Uh huh. That's just kind of like a technician. Yeah. No, it's and great. you're up out of there. Yeah, yeah. The satellite. Down yeah, down yeah. Down down. We're gonna do four minutes. What do you What yeah. do you want me to set you up for? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, hey, thank you, man. Yeah, yeah. Great. And now, Saturday well, special. Don't forget to be a part of the magic and part of the happen at the improv this week. You know. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Well, it's great talking to you, man. I'm thank glad you, you're man. doing well. Good for you. Thank you. Good for you. You got what I got. Well, there you go. That was Tommy Davidson. This is me, Mark Marin. Go to wtfpod.com for all your WTF Pod needs. Get on the mailing list. I'll email you every week, every Sunday. Go to WTFPod.com slash calendar. Check those dates because I'm coming near you. Cleveland, Chicago, Minneapolis, New Jersey, New York, Portland. It's all happening. Denver. I got the Buddha out here. The Buddha being... Gibson ES-335. The Buddha. Wow, 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 wow.